0: The Jaguars have to take a hard look in the mirror before they even start to try to improve. This is Tony Wiggins with your Jacksonville Jaguars report here on Locked on Jaguars. You don't know where you're going until you realize where you are. Or, you could say it another way, you got to know where you're at before you know where you're headed. You got to know who you are. You got to know what you look like. You got to take a real good deep look in the mirror. And if Jacksonville is honest with themselves and they look in the mirror, they'll realize... Last season wasn't a fluke, especially with some of the uh, subtraction that they've done uh, in this offseason. They have to really, really understand they're a bad roster right now. They are a bad football team. And when people talk about they are in a win-now mode because they have to, uh, that's easier said than done, especially when you look at the state of the franchise. I can't think of one position where the Jaguars are even in the upper one-third in the National Football League, and that's bad it's just not a good thing uh, uh you know to look at these position groups uh, i always say you got to start at least with one dominant player in those position groups you start with one dominant player defensively i like to have one great player at every single level um uh, and then you build from there because it gives you the stability the leadership the talent and, and it allows you to move stuff around. Like if you got a great corner, then you can roll your coverage. If you have a great linebacker, teams seem to try to out, you know, try to run away from that player or try to formation that player out of, of the play so he can't make a play. So if, if they're doing all of these adjustments uh, on the back end, then that means that you have an idea of why they're doing it. So it's almost like playing poker, it's like having a tell. You, you know what they're going to do because of what they're trying uh, to avoid. If you have a great pass rusher, they used to have, you know, teams allocate more than one person. Unless you're playing one of those teams that have a franchise uh, tackle, uh, they'll just live with it. But for the most part, when you have a guy, you know, you think of Von Miller or J.J. Watt, offensive coordinators tend to have a game plan uh, built to stop those guys. Uh, So, you know, literally by having that guy present, you're taking something away from that other team because they're having to allocate so many players and so many different things to try to stop that guy from being successful. Offensively, when you have a dynamic running back, he has to be accounted for. You use a lot of motion, and you can figure out exactly what uh, the defense is doing. When you have a great wide receiver, the coverage, they usually they don't double more, more or less in the NFL as much as they do a lot of bracket stuff. Uh, When you have a quarterback, a great quarterback, that you know you can't blitz because the second you blitz him, he's going to slice you up. Uh, You know, and there have been seven or eight, nine of those guys around the league for a long time. Or when you have a great tight end, that has to be accounted for. Uh, Who can block and tackle? Think of the guys like, I mean, block and catch. Think of guys like George Kittle. Think of guys like Gronk over the years and Kelsey. That really challenged the middle of the field and, and, and it determines whether or not, Teams go into big nickel or regular nickel, sometimes dime coverage because that guy's like an extra wide receiver. And then if you go small, he exploits that stuff. So this is why you have to, I think it's good to have a a good player or a great player, try to have a great player at every single level. But the other thing is, is the guys around him, the support staff also have to be good players. And then when you bring guys in off the bench, I said all that to say this. When I say the Jaguars need to look into the mirror, they don't need to have illusions of grandeur about who they are because those are the guys that were picked by the current administration. They really have to understand something. They are nowhere near, even when you break it down unit by unit, they are nowhere near uh, the top third at, at any position on this football team. And in fact, most of them, they're in the bottom third. And in some of them, they're probably the worst in the league. Uh, as a position group, when you take into consideration the the anticipated changes that will come, that means with Yannick Ngakwe and, and Claire Campbell potentially not being here, because the defensive end position is the only position I can think of that they could even challenge anyone where and say, look, we're in the upper one-third in the league at that position. But nowhere else on this football team is that true. And I really, really do believe uh, that's that's a bad thing. That's a bad, bad thing. Uh, to be happening for this football team. Uh, I'm going to go through the roster and try to break some of this stuff down for you and give you exactly what uh, I'm talking about. And we'll do that on this Thursday edition of Locked on Jaguars. Buckle can you see belts? A little bit more of Locked on Jaguars coming right up. All right, so I, I, I took the painstaking task of going through the roster and trying to figure out the position groups. And uh, I know in a previous podcast I said I thought the wide receiver position was okay. And the reason why I thought they were okay or good is because that means relative to everything else on the team, it also means that I because I, I really do believe, I think somewhere in the first three rounds they're going to add a player, and I even think they may add someone in free agency after it all shakes out. And uh, the, when I say good, that means a foundation to build on. You get, you know, two other bodies in here uh, with uh, the fact that you already have a young, up-and-coming, top 12, top 15-ish type receiver in DJ Chark. That's a good place to start. And you have other guys under contract that aren't making a lot of money that have caught a lot of balls. And, and Chris Conley and, and, and Westbrook and even, uh, to a certain extent, Keelan Cole uh, has shown the propensity to be, uh, be productive. So now, if you go out and say, you know, if you get an extra pick, if you make a move and and Jan isn't on the team and you add a Henry Ruggs, who gives you speed and really, really raises the ceiling and the floor of that room, or maybe there's a deal in the works, maybe you reignite Stefan Diggs with his old college coach, Keenan McCardell, there's rumors that he wants to get traded out of Minnesota, or... Robbie Anderson is a free agent with the Jets maybe you say hey man we need to get some more deep speed so when you start thinking about how you're one player away or or one addition away from it really really being a unit that has speed and explosiveness a combination of youth and experience that's what I mean when I say I think the wide receiver position is good I don't I don't mean it's it can't be tweaked I don't mean that there can't be additions but let's just say if you don't have a DJ Chalk and then you make one of those additions that I just talked about, then you're still missing something. But with Chalk and with one of those additions, and then with the guys that are already there, the guy that's the third receiver is now the fourth receiver, the guy's the fourth receiver is now the fifth receiver, or the guy that's the third receiver is now the fifth receiver, and the guy that's the fourth receiver is the sixth receiver, it, you're, you're okay to the point where you still need to do something, but at least whatever you do you're, you're you're adding to what's already there as opposed to trying to give that entire unit life. Um, and, and that's the point because this team, this organization has been to that point before where they just did not have one guy. And they were looking, they were looking at guys that didn't have that. They were looking at Reggie Williams and Matt Jones and those dudes. They, they were looking for guys to be more. They were looking for those guys to be franchise guys when those guys probably should have been just guys who, who were adding to uh, that unit. So uh, you gotta start somewhere. Before you can get Jimmy Smith and Keenan McCardell again or a version of that, you gotta get one of them before you get two. And I think they already have one in DJ Chark. So that's my explanation of what I mean when I say that I think that unit is good. I I don't think the unit is good enough, but I think it's 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 in a position where you can add one player and all of a sudden you're in that upper third of the of the percentile of the league. And I think that's where you have to be. And the reason why I focus on that upper third so much is because you know, you get 12 playoff teams, and there's only 32 teams. So if you start putting yourself in those upper thirds unit-wise, that means you have something you can lean on and something that'll carry you. And uh, that's what happened when the Jaguars made the playoffs before. They were a top-tier defense, and then they were upper third running team. And they were, I think, they're fifth in the league, actually, in rushing. So despite all of their shortcomings, they still had enough other stuff that they could lean on that could carry them uh into the tournament where you can get a shot and, and they were what eight nine minutes away from going to the super bowl uh with that thought process so um you can't make up for the fact that when you don't have a quarterback and, and that's what they that's the situation they were in before and we'll see what gardner does i, I think he's earned the right to be considered the the, the the leader of the team i think he has the respect of the players and the respect of the locker room so we'll start right there at the quarterback position what do they have well, we're going to see. The only way you can really see and end this debate about what you have is to give him the keys. For a long period of time, an entire offseason, with an aggressive offensive coordinator with more weapons and add a little bit more protection for him, and then you're going to really see what the kid has, and he has an opportunity. And unfortunately, it, it probably shouldn't even come down to one season, but it's the NFL, and you don't, you don't have seasons that you can just throw away especially in a draft where you got two franchise guys potentially coming up in 2021. So you want to see. You want to see what it is. And you want to, But you want to give him the opportunity, and not just a bland opportunity. You want to give him an opportunity with serious weaponry around him. Uh, so the way this thing is shaping up is with all of the holes that they're going to have on defense because of the attrition that I anticipate will happen. I think what will happen is the Jaguars will try to get more explosive on offense, build everything around Minshew, and with the additions also in the staff offensively with Gruden and McAdoo, I can see them in a bunch of shootouts next year because the defense can't stop anybody. So will that be enough for fans? Will five and eleven, six and ten be enough for fans if Minshew throws for five thousand yards and they got receivers running all over the place and, and playing this high octane, exciting brand of football. If they become the Washington state of the NFL, will that be enough for them to say, okay. We built the offense. Now, we got a plethora of draft picks. Right now, it stands at nine. They have nine draft picks. We got draft picks galore. And come next year, we're going to have way more money under the cap. Now, we'll just go all in on the defense. Now, once that we've gotten so explosive on offense. And will it be enough to keep your enthusiasm? The fact that we're out here scoring, we're pushing teams to the limit, man. We can't win. But every single week, man, it's 38 the 37 or 38 to 31, and we're fighting and and we're making plays and and we're throwing 75-yard touchdown passes. Will that stuff be enough? Because I think that's where this team is headed. So we looked at the quarterback position. We'll take a look at the running back position. I think they got – I'm a Leonard guy. I mean, I I don't think he's, you know, top seven, top eight, top ten or whatever. But I do think when we talk about adding weapons and spreading this thing out a little bit, you'll start to see a difference in him when he is able to run without everyone being in the box. you also see a difference when the offensive line improves and when the tight end position improves. We keep talking about the deficiency on offense, but then you hear the same people complain that Fournette isn't this or Fournette isn't that. Well, statistically, other than that second year, the dude's been okay with less less than stellar quarterback at first, less than stellar wide receivers, no tight end to be thought of, And one side of the offensive line, it doesn't work. But yet still, in two of the three seasons, he's gotten over 1,000 yards. And last year, he showed he could actually catch the ball, which was the biggest uh, thought with him coming out of the draft. The guy couldn't catch and It just wasn't true. So they do need depth. I I would be very shocked if you get beyond the third round and the Jags have not added one of these dynamic playmakers that are in the draft. I did one yesterday where I had them picking Cam Akers up. Um, I think they like JK Dobbins a lot. In fact, I know they do. And, the uh, the, the, the cloudy Lair kid from, uh, even though he didn't test well, the kid from LSU. So, uh, I really do think the Jaguars add a, a young player who can really, really help and supplement, uh, Fournette and, and, and not only just be a change of pace, dude, it might be the same kind of guy. You just might see, Uh, It might be A.J. Dillon, where they get a dude like that that can just say, if this is what we're going to be at running back, this is what we're going to be at running back. And you may see them add someone like that as long as they can play. As long as they can play. Uh, And and you'll see more than a change of pace. You'll see a guy take about 30 to 40% uh, of the snaps. And sometimes you can even put them in there together when they're dynamic enough. So uh, what we're going to do right now, I'm going to give you a message from Locked On. I'm going to continue to go to these, deep, uh, these groups. I'm trying to name the ones that will excite you because pretty soon, uh, in about a minute or so, I'm going to make you feel bad again because when I start naming these units and these people in these units, you're going to realize just how far the Jaguars have to go in the offseason. This is Tony Wiggins with Locked On Jaguar. Hey, if you've been a listener to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard all the great advertisers working with Locked On to reach sports fans. But you may not know that Locked On Jaguars is a great way for your local business to reach passionate Jaguars fans like you. Unlike any other podcast, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners, not just any podcast listener. A locked on podcast listener. That's right, a locked on podcast listener is, is unique. And if your company wants to connect, With Jaguar fans and a predominantly male audience that is well-educated with disposable income that lets you put your company right here on this Locked On podcast. Local fans love to support local businesses. Text the word ADVERTISING to 33777 or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are. We'll get our team to help your team achieve Locked On advertising success. Once again, text the word ADVERTISING to 33777. Or visit LockedOnPodcast.com slash advertising. We look forward to hearing from you here on Locked On. Okay, checking back in uh, on these units. I tried to be positive about the wide receiver, quarterback, and running back position because I can be. Now let's uh we talked about the uh the good and the not so bad, and then we're gonna get to the ugly. The not so bad is the offensive line. And I, while I do think that it's not good that they need two people. I do believe because of Juwan Taylor at right tackle. I think Brandon Linder, while he's a middle-of-the-road center, that, that that's more than adequate teams. You know, you ain't going to argue about that. You, you keep a guy who's strong like that, that can play, who has the respect of people around the league. Um, Andrew Norwell, could he move to right guard? I, I don't know. I don't know enough about evaluating offensive linemen, but I know he hasn't been worth the money that they paid for him. Here's why I think they're okay. Because I think there's a chance that they could get Brandon Scherf and, they could, and finally solidify the right guard position. Once they clear room on the salary cap, I think they could get Brandon Scherf, maybe because of his connection to Jay Gruden. And I think the, the Skins are, are one of those teams, man, that are you know trying to change stuff around and, and do some purging. I do think they need a left tackle. I'm not sold that Cam Robinson is finally going to all of a sudden turn the corner. Uh, but he is a big body. He could probably play a little bit of left guard, even though he personally told me he's never done it in his life. Uh, I I think they have the the firepower to add some bodies uh, and some developmental people. So while I don't think they're great, I don't think they're even really good. I think that there's some stuff that you can build on Uh, and you can, you can go out and add two guys in free agency and that line could change overnight. So, uh, you ain't going to find no left tackles. You ain't going to find franchise left tackles just sitting out there on the rubbish pile, but, uh, you can, uh, do something in the draft when this draft is full of guys like that, that could play. So maybe because there's so, so many guys at the top, maybe the Jaguars get somebody that falls to them at number nine and they take him, or, uh, maybe because there's so, the, the draft is so top heavy that somebody sneaks past. Maybe the kid out of Boise state falls to the second round and they take him, uh, I think his name is Ezra Cleveland, who, who's rising up the board right now. So uh, there's a chance for them to add. You always add bodies. I, you know, I've never been a big proponent of using a very early pick, like a top first-round pick on, a, on an offensive offensive lineman. I've changed a little bit uh, because uh, the linemen now are so athletic across the board. But I always believed that you do go into the offseason looking to add at least two you just you just need so many of them you just always add at least two and you put them in development and, and you try to see you let them come in and fight it out you know in, in training camp and see who wins so I, I don't think the offensive line is in the upper third i think they're in the lower third uh, per, uh percentile in the league and uh it needs to be worked on uh so let's get to the almost bad let's go to the defensive line because i know i skipped a position on offense and i did it for a reason. Let's go to the defensive line. On the defensive line, uh, something to start with, you damn right they have it in Josh Allen. That, that's something to start with right there. Uh, they own the rights right now to Yannick Ngakwe. I personally have said, and I'm on record thinking he's played his last game here. So under that assumption, uh, they have some work to do. I think Dewan Smoot, I think they need to extend him. And, and if he wants to take an early deal the way Jan didn't take an early deal, but he, he's not even in that category. But I do think his performance last year showed that, you know, he's a he's a good, solid pro. And if they could get him at a cheaper price, he could probably start the year out until they develop somebody else. Uh, Maybe if they get somebody in the second or third round like uh, Zuniga or Grenard if they have to replace uh, Ngakwe. But he'd be a good start, especially if Calais Campbell leaves. So it'll be a good start to get a guy like DeJuan Smoot under contract with a reasonable deal. Uh, for the future, uh, maybe he'll take it. You know, maybe you can get him to take seven, eight million dollars a year on an extension to get him right now to keep him in the fold as part of your your depth moving forward. Uh, defensive tackle, I think, is a is a mess, um, and they couldn't stop the run last year. Uh, I, I'm gonna assume that Calais Campbell is gone. He's the end slash tackle that they used a lot last year in certain packages. It's a mess, and it's a position that I anticipate that they'll address in both the draft with veterans as well – I mean, in the draft as, as well as in free agency with veterans uh, because, you, you know, you never know how the draft falls. But they definitely have to add about three people on that defensive line, one in and, and maybe maybe even two ends. But I know they have to get two big bodies to go in the middle, and they're going to have to use priority resources to get those guys. So lower – even though they have a great player and something to build on and a great pass rusher, they're still right now with the anticipated moves in the lower one-third – in the league. So I skip tight end because I'm going to bunch tight end in with linebacker and with the defensive backs. Not only are those three positions, in my opinion, the in the lower uh, one third in the league, I think the Jaguars are absolutely the worst team in the league at all three of those positions. I think that they, they have the worst tight end group, even though I'm a big Josh Oliver, a big Josh Oliver fan. The bottom line is he, he's gotten hurt. And he had work to do in the blocking game. Uh, that hope that I have for him is not enough uh, for me to sit here and tell you that I don't think they need to add two people and I'd make it veterans and I'd spend a little money. And if I can't get a veteran, I'm sitting there thinking I need to make sure I pick two of them in a draft that has some good tight ends and they have to be complete players. I don't know why this team has never been able to get tight ends Ever. And the best tight ends in the history of this franchise are guys that were a little bit above average in in Kyle Brady and Pete Mitchell. So they they have to do something. They have to do something. I'm just going to go past, and I'm going to go ahead and move the linebacker, man, because I'm not going to drag this out on you guys. They're the worst in the league at linebacker, too. They got a, a, a Mike linebacker that they're moving the wheel that they paid like a Mike linebacker. So now they're paying a wheel linebacker, one of the top salaries in the league, and normally teams don't do that unless the guys Derek Brooks or Levante David and uh, or Thomas Davis or somebody. And guess what? Miles Jack ain't none of that. And we don't even know if he can play will because he can't play Sam and he can't play Mike. And we don't know if he can play will. They don't have a Mike linebacker. They don't use a Sam very much. But they, uh, I'm glad they don't because they don't have one of them either. Worst position group in the NFL. I think the worst position group overall when you consider every single team, the Jaguars are, are worst in the league. They're 32nd at tight end. They're 32nd at, at linebacker. And and maybe when you add all of those positions together, those are the two worst position groups in the league regardless of position. And they're right here on this football team. And they're important. If you add just the defensive tackles, they're probably right there too. If you take the ends out of and just look at defensive tackle, defensive tackle, interior defensive line, um, Linebacker all the way across the board and tight end all the way across the board, the Jaguars will sit dead, dead, last, I'm dead, dead like Titanic at the bottom of the ocean last at those positions. Now, let's get the defensive back. Same thing, good player in Ronnie Harrison. I like Ronnie Harrison. Uh, Trey Herndon, okay, yeah, he, he you know, other than that, dead last, bottom of the barrel. Bottom of the barrel in terms of secondary. Maybe not as bad as linebacker and, and, and uh, tight end. Close. Close. This is what I mean about holding the mirror up. You got to be honest with yourself. Make an assessment. You're bad. Don't stand up at a podium and tell you, well, we like this and we like that. Of course you do because you picked them. You're bad at those positions. You're epically bad at those spots. And This is why I think it's going to be very, very tough for them to make a push because if you're that bad league-wise, you can't even challenge to win your division. And now you got a tough non-conference schedule this year. Hold that mirror up, man. What did Michael Jackson say? I'm starting with the man in the mirror. Yep, that's what they better do. Because if they don't, uh, they're just lying to themselves and lying to the fans. This is Tony Wiggins with another edition of Locked on Jaguars. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly.